before I lose my freaking mind. We better figure this out. We're going backwards, damn it. Let's go. Give the people what they want to see. He needs to learn how to wrap that thing up. All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Philly Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Max Gretzel, joined by Tanner Gamard and Tyre Hood. And guys, we got to dive into this week two lackluster performance by the Birds. Get beat by the LA Rams. T, I know you're you're starting to uh, backtrack here on your uh, you know positive mindset of Carson Wentz. And I got to get your opinion on what you saw from him, <sighs> what you liked and what you didn't like. Shortly, I also want to dive into the Phils. We're coming down to the final weekend here. Three games in Tampa Bay starting tonight, 6:40 p.m. Vince Velasquez on the mound. We got him tonight, and we have. Zach Wheeler tomorrow night, and then Sunday afternoon will be Aaron Nola. So we'll see if we can, uh, you know, sweep the Rays. It's a tall task, but if we can do it, we gave our, we will give ourselves a chance to, to sneak into the playoffs maybe as the seventh or eighth seed and also touch on a possible rumor about James Harden and a little bit of NBA playoffs as well. Uh, so first, T, let's it's start funny it off to here. Too. Uh, you know, Carson didn't have his best game again. You know, week one, we saw the Washington I am pissed off. Flat out play much better than us in the second half. And a lot of the blame was put on Carson or put on Carson, but also Doug. But this week, uh, I think when you look at what the main problem was, you you look no further than Carson Wentz. I don't know how you look no further. I don't know how you start. I don't know how you don't start with Carson Wentz. I, I truly don't, because now this is the second week in a row. So a lot of people made the excuse um week one that it was the offensive line and he got sacked eight times. Man, look, most of those sacks was on him. We're not talking about week one. We're talking about week two, all right? There was no excuse, all right, with this game with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz walked out of that game clean, okay? No sacks. He did not get sacked, not one doggone time, okay? No excuses, all right? He has he has decent receivers. Jalen Rager, like, I keep hearing people bring up, oh, we should have traded up for CeeDee Lamb. Okay, revisionist history. Jalen Rager is still a decent wide receiver, but yet and still Carson Wentz kept overthrowing him. He overthrew him. He overthrew Dallas Goddard. He overthrew Zach Ertz. He overthrew Miles Sanders a couple of times. And he's throwing these guys balls where, you know, they're getting blown up in the middle of the field. Carson Wentz is off. And I don't know what his issue is. I cannot put my finger on it at this point. I don't know why. I don't know how, but he's regressed back to his rookie ways and I cannot explain it. I cannot fathom. I can't, I just can't figure out what's going on with Carson Wentz's head. I, I truly don't. I, and I Would hope you, are you one of those fans that are now calling for Jalen hurts to come in and replace him in week three? I'm not ready for that. I, I'm just not. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hope that Carson Wentz eventually gets himself together and finally realizes the type of quarterback that he is. He's go, he goes back to his fundamentals that made him successful, that, that has made him successful. I'm just, I'm holding out hope for that. But with each passing week, it's already been two weeks. And then when I look back at the tape, I just say to myself, man, I, I, I lose hope. I lose that hope that, you know, he's going to recover. I'm not calling for Jalen Hurts just yet because I think he's a little raw. But, man... If Carson Wentz doesn't get himself together, people are going to start really clamoring for Hurts, and the argument's going to be made that it's going to be Hurts season now. Yeah, see, I have to agree with you. I think we have to ride with Wentz. I'm not ready to start a rookie quarterback right now. Um, really hasn't had a lot of practice time with the uh, shortened offseason. It's an outrage. It's, it's definitely a cause for concern, though. I mean, this is a guy who's got paid a huge contract. Um, 
just last off season. And now this past weekend, just, it was his fault on him, right? Bad throws, um, you know, not setting his feet in the pocket. He just looks oh, off. Man, that's irritating. Do you think he's dealing with a little too much pressure of trying to make up for our lack of depth on the defense, um, our lack of depth on the offensive line? Do you think he's trying to put too much pressure on himself and trying to make every play like flashy and special? And I'm going to go back to an old school cliche, man. And it's just, you know, three simple words. Do your job. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Carson just needs to go out and do his own doggone job. All right. He can't worry about what the defense is going to do. Is the defense going to hold up? You know, he has to worry about, you know, his own play. Don't worry about the man next to you. And I tell you what, boys, I don't know about you guys and what you guys have seen, um, you know, after plays. Usually, you know, if a quarterback has a bad series or a quarterback goes three and out or, the, you know, the offense doesn't score necessarily, you know, on a certain drive, I usually see a quarterback, you know, during a commercial break or going into commercial, coming back from commercial, you know, he's pumping his offensive lineup. Like, hey, guys, let's do it. Let's keep going. He's pumping up the wide receivers. I don't see that with Carson. Carson's just sitting back on the bench. He right. just goes to that tablet. Agreed. And, I, and I, now, I just feel like that's very disturbing. Now, Tanner, you and I are pretty big fans of Joe Burrow. We saw him play last Thursday night, played pretty well. Uh, he's coming into the link this weekend, a week three matchup. He's got weapons. They got an improved defense there in Cincinnati. Uh, what do you expect to see from Joe Burrow in this start? I know a lot of people right now are comparing Wentz and Burrow and even, you know, Trevor Lawrence hoping that or wishing that the Eagles uh, had a, bit, a different opportunity, a different direction to go here. Some say maybe we should tank That's it. That's not true. You know, so I'm not saying that us three are on that uh, on that train, but there's definitely people saying, hey, let's tank. Let's get Trevor Lawrence, uh, things like that. So what do you expect to see from Joe Burrow this Sunday? Oh, oh no. man, isn't that so simple? It's so simple to say let's tank at this point in the yeah. season already. It's talking always about tanking, simple. Uh, because of the way we've been for- performing so far. But Joe Burrow, man, right out the gate, he's just acts like he's been a quarterback in this league for at least a year. Um, he's adjusting well to this team. He hasn't. He has AJ Green um, as a weapon, but he's just. We we saw Miles Garrett get a, a little bit of the best of him uh, towards the end of that game, but he's a dangerous quarterback to play against. And as a rookie, you can't really, you can't really study him as much going into this game because you can't go back and study his college film per se. Because that's a whole different game, and that's that's what makes this matchup uh, a little more riskier than it would be if we were playing the Bengals last year. Um, of course, Andy Dalton wasn't playing by the by uh, by the end of the season. They had you know quarterbacks we didn't even know the names of. But it, right now, I'm I'm a little worried about how this Eagles team is gonna fare against the Cincinnati Bengals team with Joe Burrow in right there uh, in the center of it, and Honestly, if the Eagles don't win by let's say two touchdowns, I'm this. I'm not chalking this up as a win. It, it, okay, it goes in the win column, but for morale, what? for morale, morale. Sorry, I'm not. I don't count this as a win because that's this is a Cincinnati Bengals team with a rookie quarterback. It's ridiculous. Yeah, listen, T. You look at this matchup going in this this Sunday. Uh, when you're thinking of a game plan here as a coach or. You know, defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz obviously put a lot of blame on himself, but also on a few players, uh, Rodney McLeod, just to name one of them, uh, Brandon Graham as well. 
what's your game plan from an offensive standpoint? The Bengals defense has definitely improved, but what do you want to see from, from the birds? So what I want to see from the birds is I want to see that y'all actually look like a sound fundamental football team because the Rams took y'all to school. All right. This past week. All right. The Rams exposed the Rams offense in particular, they exposed that Eagles defense. And it's something that I've been complaining about with this Jim Schwartz led defense since day one, undisciplined football, Basic fundamentals, okay? You, If you guys remember the toss touchdown to Robert Woods, all right? Josh Sweat, he crashed down on the play, all right? That's undisciplined football. How many times have I, got, have I said this on the air to you guys? Listen, edge defenders, defend the edge. Stay disciplined. Stay home. The Rams love to use motion. And I'm not, I would not be surprised if the Bengals start utilizing all of their motion plays this past Sunday to take advantage of this undisciplined defense. And speaking of Jim Schwartz, I hate to say I told you so to everybody, but <laughs> told you so. I told you he's that, not he's that not a good, good defensive coordinator from him from a coaching standpoint. That there specific was, play with Sweat you mentioned, uh, he just sold out on the run there, and and Woods was able to go right by him. And there was no there was no adjustments. I think that was the part that really pissed me off the most. Where was the adjustments? Okay. The game of football is like chess, all right? You're constantly thinking of a strategy, and you constantly have to think on your feet, okay? You have to strategize and think about, you know, what the other coach is thinking. And Jim Swartz did not change. He kept rushing the same four guys. I didn't see no blitzes hardly against Jared Goff. We sat Jared Goff one time, and that was because Brandon Graham came on a stunt. Okay, but that was it. There was no kind of uh there was no kind of creativity up front. There was no kind of uh, creativity to the point where Fletcher Cox was one-on-one with a guy. Fletcher Cox was constantly getting double teamed. Like, come on now. I'm not paying this defensive line all this stinking money to just come up with one stinking sack. Are you flipping kidding me? We are paying this defensive line way too much money. And then on top of that, to make matters worse, this linebacker poor is piss poor. I don't think I've ever seen a worse set of linebackers in my life. Nate Gary stinks. All right, I will say this right now on the air. He stinks, okay? You, there's got to be a better linebacker out there. Please, I implore, I implore the Philadelphia Eagles. Look to Kwan Wallace, okay? Look to, look to, look to Devin Taylor, you drafted in the third round, okay? Because look, straight up, man, Nate Gary ain't, all right? He, okay, I messed it up. He ain't worth nothing. <laughs> All right, he he ain't, all right, he it's all right. ain't it worth. We, we get your point. He got burned. Uh, that, that, Shoot. Yeah, that it's it's worrisome, especially now facing a once again a rookie quarterback. And he, T, you know how many times he passed that ball? Joe Burrow passed it against Cleveland. How many times? Sixty-one times. Oh my! He gosh. threw that ball three hundred sixteen yards. Um, usually when you a quarterback throws that many passes, he, he doesn't win anyway. But Man, that's ludicrous. How sold, how sold are you on the secondary uh, to be able to perform well coming up against Joe Burrow? The only one I'm not concerned about is Darius Slay. Darius Slay is continually coming up, and he's shutting down the opposing – whatever opposing player he's uh, defending. Okay, I'm, I'm not worried about Darius Slay. Darius Slay is doing his thing. However, Avante Maddox – he has not stepped up to the plate as a number two cornerback. And at this point, you got to start looking at other options, okay? He's still giving guys too much cushion at the line of scrimmage. He's still playing too soft out there. Like, I need somebody who's going to be aggressive. He's going to get up there at the line of scrimmage and who's not scared for some contact. 
All right. I don't have any confidence in Rodney McLeod. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Um, they brought him back on a one year deal. I think they're going to eventually look to eventually replace him because at this point, I don't think McLeod's the same player that he used to be. And man, Jalen Mills, <laughs> I, we still got, he's been a ghost this year too. He's, he's been still a got the same ghost. issues with Jalen Mills. Forgot he was on this team. <laughs> we still got the same issues with Jalen Mills at safety. Please, it has yep. got to be now, somebody. Tell you, now, tell you, you brought up a, a player uh, that's a pretty prominent guy on this team. That's Fletcher Cox, who's questionable this Sunday. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play. If he doesn't play, what kind of a, of a loss is that? How big of a I'm loss? I'm sick of this. Um, is that? Man, uh, call, what kind of problems does that cause? I mean, I know he hasn't been uh, as dominant as we thought he would be this season so far, but it's definitely a big piece to lose. And um, I think that actually that's a video. That's a video idea I'm going to bring up later in the show. But look, Fletcher Cox demands double teams, okay? He's going to command double teams. Offenses literally form their offensive game plan around the fact that Fletcher Cox is so dominant. He's getting double teamed constantly. But here's the issue. When your best player is getting double teamed, all right, if there's – if there's five blockers and you're rushing four, one guy's taking up two, then if my math is correct, that means that there's three other guys who's one-on-one against guys that's not winning their battles. That's an issue. I have a problem with that. I'm not paying this defensive line this much money, all right, for you guys to not beat your guys. Help out. Sack the dog on quarterback for crying out loud, all right? T, the same I, I rush moves you, I here's keep the problem. Seeing. We don't have a ton of talent, uh, at least raw talent on this team right now, and what kind of pressure is Howie Roseman under? I know him and Jeffrey Lurie are pretty tight. Um, Doug, uh, I guess in the media, he's, he's trying not to cause any issues. He's kind of doing what um, what the GM, Howie Roseman, and the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, want him to do. Um, is there any kind of friction building with the front office um, and Doug Peters? It's funny that you say that because – um, we, um, I brought up a couple of shows ago about an article that Jeff McClain came out in the Philadelphia Inquirer, and it said that it could be a potential, um, potential power struggle, um, within the upper management of the Eagles, um, pertaining to, um, coach Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman, because I don't know if you guys remember, but at the end of the season, um, uh, Doug Peterson had said that his right receivers coach and his offensive coordinator was going to stay and, or was it maybe a day or two later that we heard the announcement that they got fired? That doesn't exactly sound like a cohesive unit to me. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're starting, if they're, you know, starting to become a little bit of a power struggle in the upper management position. But look, man, it we don't have time for this, y'all. We really don't. Listen, you're not gonna get along with everybody. Okay. You everybody's not gonna see eye to eye necessarily. But if your goal is to win another Super Bowl, then that ought to be the goal. Put your differences aside, guys. Like, look, man, Howie Roseman knows the type of uh, knows the type of roster that he's built. I mean, it it it's a horrible, built, horribly built roster. All right, it is. There's no excuses. All right, I don't want to hear about oh the coronavirus. You know, affect the practices and whatnot. There's teams, there's teams still out there. That's two and zero. That's one and one. And still kicking all kinds of behind out there. And your team looks like crap. All right. You're only three years removed from a doggone Super Bowl, and you look like pure crap. All right? You look horrible. The product yeah, is the bad. The team's falling off the cliff. The team's falling off the cliff since the Super Bowl year. Look, they've decreased each season. This year, they probably won't even make the playoffs. I know the NFC East is wide open, but, again, the skill players on this team are pretty poor. In my uh, opinion, Howie that Rosen's sucked. a genius when it comes to the cap space. You know, he's, he's good at managing the cap, but – the, the skill players and the personnel that he's drafted uh, in recent memory 
Uh, they just haven't been good. They haven't panned out so far. No, they haven't, man. And it's it's really frustrating and it's sad because, you know, I brought I brought this up last show that Howie Roseman does not do a very good job when it comes to drafting. I mean, look, man, Andre Dillard's hurt. Arthigo Whiteside, man. Now we have to rely on him. About Whiteside, I saw a stat today. uh, Through two games in his career, Ceedee Lamb has more catches than Arcega Whiteside has in two seasons. You know, you want to know a crazier stat? All right, Arthigo Whiteside has ten catches for his entire career, and you can you can just take a wild guess at how many catches uh, DK Metcalf has. The guy we all wanted the Eagles to draft. It's just it's absolutely yeah, befuddling uh, how many players that they miss in a draft. Like this yeah, is, it's frustrating. It, it's frustrating because of all those receivers that you mentioned previously in, in past shows that we skipped over. It's right? ridiculous. And we passed and we didn't we just let it get taken or drafted and didn't either move up or, you know, pick the right guy and that's done we landed on our Sega White side. Uh, now, now here's a question I want to raise. Uh, the bad throw from Wentz this past weekend, the interception, he was targeting Whiteside in the end zone. Um, you know, I've, I've been hearing personnel-wise, why is our Sega Whiteside out there in that What's round? he here for? Is there another skill player that could have been out there? I know Alshon's hurt, but are you, are you, are you, th- are you throwing the blame on that pass on Carson? Was it, was it just a good play by the defensive back? What's your opinion on that? So I'm going to put – and I, it's funny um, – now I'm going to do a shout-out now. Listen, new series that I'm going to start, breaking down all 22 tape. We're going to call it Gridiron Films, all right? And I broke this play down, okay? So our figure White Sox was running what's called a seven route or what's called a post route, all right? Now, the defensive back, he's baiting Carson Wentz. He's watching Carson Wentz because he knows Carson Wentz is staring down our figure White Sox, and he played that perfectly. That is all on Carson Wentz. See the damn field. Stop staring down the receivers that's rookie stuff at this point this is the part that's frustrating me about Carson Wentz man it's the it's the mistakes that he's making they're not new mistakes they're old mistakes they're rookie mistakes they're mistakes that I should not be seeing out of a fifth year quarterback at this point a fifth year supposed franchise quarterback and it's frustrating at this point that was that on a thing at Whiteside I don't care who's back there running the routes all right, you do not throw that ball into double coverage, especially with the defensive back leaking like that. And then you, like I said before, you you stared our thinking white side down. You gave the play away. That was all on Carson Wentz, now, regardless see, who's back there. Doug Peterson's been calling the plays basically his whole career as the Eagles coach. Um, would you like to see – I mean, I know Frank Reich was here, and we had all that success. You know, they, they went hand in hand. But now that he's gone, and this year Doug Peterson's called all the plays – would you be in favor of seeing somebody else call the plays, or do you think Doug, the coach, and the play calling isn't the problem? Do you think maybe the just lack of talent on the team's a problem? Do you, do you want to give Howie Roseman more time, maybe another year, to see if he can pan out with some first-round, second-round picks, or do you think his time's done in, in Philadelphia shortly? First off, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I'm done with Howie Roseman when it comes to drafting. I'm done with Howie, all right? He sucks at, heart, at drafting. He's good with cap, and that's it. He absolutely stinks when it comes to drafting, and I'm done with him. Now, what I want to see from Doug Peterson, I want to see some damn creativity, all right? All I'm seeing is a bunch of comeback routes and curl routes, you know, things that are a little bit easy for Carson Wentz to complete. You know, if some if a guy is running what's called a wide, shallow cross, and he runs 10 yards up the field, and then he makes a beeline, all right, to the other side of the field, I want to see some anticipation on, those, on, on Carson's throws. That's another thing. I'm not seeing a whole lot of anticipation with these throws. I'm not seeing the touch. I just see him 
beaming that ball into tight spaces. You can't do that all the time. You can't make those type of throws all the time. It's just not going to work in the NFL, Carson. You know better, man. So, Tanner, are you, if if you have to go here, and, and if this this tailspin continues, and you're looking at maybe a possibility of Carson, you know, not I'm not going to say, uh, you know, getting kicked off the team here or anything like that. I mean, yeah, maybe he'll get traded. I mean, we're not we're not going to go as far as to say, you know, he's going to get benched. I don't know. You piece of Swiss that, cheese. But, um, would you say that Doug Peterson's got to go first, or does Carson Wentz have to go first? If you had to pick one. If this team if this team loses to Cincinnati, you know they're probably losing the next three, possibly maybe mm-hmm. two out of the next three. Say we're sitting here one and five, you know what's your opinion on that? Do you think Doug Peterson has to go, or do you think Carson Wentz, depending on how he plays, is the problem? I think Carson Wentz has to go first over Doug Peterson. Wow. From what I've been hearing, is Carson Wentz is actually making the play calls in the huddle. He's changing the play what Doug Peterson says, and he's running oh, plays no! that he wants to run, and they're not ending uh, successfully. And you look back, and although he had help, Doug Peterson was able to coach a Nick Foles all the way through the remainder of the season and to the playoffs uh, that year we won the Super Bowl and after, too, when Nick Foles came back in. So he was able to do that, whether he had help or not. And Carson Wentz, right now, he's just not able to get the job done. Are you done with Howie Roseman just like T is done with Howie Roseman? Um, it's so easy. It's so easy to say you're done with the GM after making just, uh, a, a lack, actually a lack of choices. Um, I'll say his time is, uh, it, it's dwindling, uh, here get in Philadelphia f- and it's only going to get, uh, unless he does something great. Uh, I, I think there's always, you can always say that the GM has overstayed his welcome and someone else needs to go in there. Now, for both of you guys, T first and then Tanner. Uh, if this team, like I mentioned previously, if they go, if they're one and four, one and five, one and six, um, what do you do about this season? How do you go about the remaining schedule? Do you, do, are we thinking about making trades? Obviously, I'm not talking about gaining talent. I'm talking about maybe shredding some contracts, uh, maybe trading Urs, for example. Like, like wh- where, where's the point? Uh, where's the breaking point? Where, where are we getting to here where it's like, okay, now. This is the time where we know we're not going to go anywhere this season. We have to start looking toward the future, starting to rebuild. You know, where's that breaking point, and what moves would you start with? If the birds go one and six, you might as well start Jalen Hurts. All right, you might as well see what you got. You might as well see if that second round. Are you done with Carson? Will that be the end of Carson in Philadelphia? See, that will be that. See that. In my opinion, that depends on the play of Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts shows that he got some promise, if the offense actually looks decent. The offense is moving. All right. The offense is efficient. It's on point. You know, everything is coming down to a T. Then it raises the possibility of, of Carson Wentz eventually. You would have to trade him, though. You would have to trade him to see if you can get for him. But the thing about it is, though, who's going to take on that contract? If you bench Carson Wentz and that huge contract, somebody has to somebody has to take on Well, here's contract. the thing. Here's the thing. You don't want to have him, you know, collapse right you no, want to have don't. him have some value when you go to trade him right now Ertz, do we know it's hard to trade him because i don't think he's going to put up statistically a lot like what he's done the last few years you know over 100 catches and things like that so i think now would be the time to trade him because you've seen the last two weeks other than that touchdown he had week one in washington he's only catching what three four balls the last or the first two games of the year would What's you guys be in favor of you know trading him now or would you give it some time to see how our record plays out so Zach Ertz has two years left on his contract, and at this point, 
He's going to turn 30. I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Better start exploring your options and seeing what you can get for Zach Ertz at this point. Do it now. Okay. Man, are you in favor of doing it now, or are you waiting? Oh, man, I, I got so much to say on this. Uh, <laughs> so we're going – we're hosting the Bengals, and if we lose that game, season's done. Season's done. You're going against 49ers, Steelers, and Ravens. Uh, one after the other, and then you got you got the Cowboys twice, uh, the Seahawks, who we never, they're, we just never beat them. Right. Um, and you got Packers, the Cardinals, and uh, th- did I say the Saints? Because we, we got them too. Um, like you said, after week three, if we're zero and three, uh, you got to start exploring. And I hate to say this, options for uh, for Zach Ertz, and you got to start thinking about the new era between Hertz and Goddard. Those mm-hmm. are the two guys that are going to make your offense because you got old heads on the offensive line. Uh, I want winners. Banged up defensive players. It's just you got to start following almost the book that Jacksonville did. They did he, uh, shredded contracts, I got rid of big play. Yeah. Did either of you guys, Tanner, I'll start with you on this one. Did you – when we drafted Jalen Hurts – did you actually believe we were going to use him in a Taysom Hill role? Or did you think that, man, maybe this guy could be the franchise quarterback one day? So in the back of my head, I thought second round pick for a quarterback. And you tell me that he's going to be a Taysom Taysom Hill role. Man, get the hell out of here. No, no, you don't invest a second round pick in a Taysom Hill role in which Taysom Hill sees the offensive field, maybe five, six times a game, sees the special teams field, you know, about the same amount of times. No. All right, you drafted Jalen Hurts because you think in the back of your mind you want an insurance policy just in case Carson Wentz doesn't uh, map out. And it looks like it's coming to fruition. That second-round pick just might be in the back of Carson's head. The thing was, the thing was, Carson was playing well. Listen, if he he doesn't get knocked out in that playoff game last year, I truly believe the Eagles win that game against Seattle. Now, here's the thing. They drafted Hurts probably for the insurance policy that that Carson gets hurt, you know, if Jalen, then Jalen Hurts would step in. But here's the problem now. Wentz is lacking performance. And that's something I don't think any of us were, were was going to think happens, right? Or was was going to think was going to happen, right? So now that he's lacked performance on one, and on top of that is injury prone, now it's starting to come to fruition that Jalen Hurts has a possibility of leading this franchise. But yes. here's the thing. Do you guys – I know it's it's going to be a wait-and-see wait approach. All right, it's going to be a work in progress. I'm not going to sit here and say, do you think Hurts is the fu- quarterback of the future, right? I think we can all sit here and agree that he's going to get his opportunity at some point. But it's just going to be, is he going to take it and run with it, or is he going to stumble as well? Now, the problem is, as we all have said, the talent or, or lack of, I guess I should say in this case, on this team is going to hurt, right? Hurts, when you get a rookie quarterback in there, or if it's next year, even a second-year quarterback, you want to get weapons around them. This is and some I, bullshit. Look at, look at Baker Mayfield. Uh, his first couple of years uh, didn't have much around or surrounding him. Um, I'll even go back to, you know, Phil Rivers and Eli Manning back when they both got drafted. Eli literally said, I'm not playing for the Chargers. Now he's going to go on to have a Hall of Fame career with the Giants. And now Phil Rivers, he's borderline Hall of Famer. But if he doesn't get in, man, that's a that's that's a big-time decision there from Eli Manning is my point. So, um it's all about situation for these young quarterbacks. And um, I guess my question here is, uh, do you buy into the fact that Jalen Hurts has the talent, the key word here is talent, to be a franchise quarterback? Yes, Jalen Hurts definitely has the talent. That's This is a guy who almost won the Heisman. 
Um, he came in second in voting. And I think to draft a player with the talent of Jalen Hurts in the second round, you can't say that's not sending a message. But did you did, did you think when, it, when we drafted him that he was going to be the guy here someday? No. Yes. Uh, I thought, uh-oh, that, that Carson Wentz. So it wasn't um, just about they... the injury. It wasn't just about the injuries for you. It was about, okay, uh, the talent could lack or the possibility of, of Hurts just being a super stud in this league possibility. Honestly, I think this was sort of just immediate reaction from Howie Roseman, seeing that Jalen Hurts was still on the board. And he said, you know, that's a great idea. I'm going to pick him up, use him as, as you said, as insurance. And then when Carson Wentz starts playing badly, I'll pull him out and say, I knew this was going to happen all along. Uh-huh. So it's possibility that Howie's, uh, or Howie could turn into a super genius on this and be like, wow, Jalen Hurts is actually really good and he's going to step in here and play well. Or this could totally backfire. Hurts could come in, play poorly, he could wasted yep. a second round. So it's 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 really up in the air. Yeah. That's why I'm not out on Howie yet. I'm not going to say I'm out on him because this thing can still work. The lack of talent on the team and the age of the players is tough, but this thing can still work. Go ahead, Tanner. Yeah. Man, that's ludicrous. No, I agree with you. Um, I think Jalen Hurts might be Howie's last chance. And I think if – for some reason, they put Carson Wentz in. Jalen Hurts can't throw a ball more than five yards. Um, he's just slow, fatigued. Um, and this team <laughs> loses to the Bengals. They go ahead and they lose the, that three-game stretch. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz isn't playing good, as I mentioned. Jalen Hurts is in. Hey, you gotta, the whole house is gone. You have Howie to Roseman, Doug Peterson's position is just questionable. Um, yeah. You're talking about getting rid of your – quarterback where who you thought was your franchise quarterback after letting Nick Foles walk who won this team the Super Bowl T I know you hate hearing that guy's name but we're bringing him up again this brings up the question do we know it's hard the right decision in choosing to send Nick Foles away and keeping Carson Wentz and extending his contract okay so I'm gonna answer that question right now where is Nick Foles now he's a backup T T, let me tell you who he's playing with, a quarterback that's playing better than Carson Wentz right now. (laughs) I think, you know, actually, statistically speaking, every quarterback in the NFL is playing better than Carson Wentz. There's a problem with this, though. Here's a problem with this, because I agree with Tanner. If we go 0-6 to start, you got to give Hurts an opportunity, but you're not going to sit on a bench. You're not going to bench Wentz and just have that $128 million contract just sit there. You have to trade him, right? You have to trade him. You can't just let him sit. You can't let a guy getting paid that much money just sit and be a backup quarterback. But the thing is, how do you trade him? How? That huge contract that you just paid him a season ago. Listen, I know it's tough, and and I know we're not masterminds here. We're we're not business majors. We don't know how the cap works and all that stuff. There's plenty of teams looking for a quarterback. There is. And there's also the possibility of people buying into his previous talent that he's shown. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, like teams like the Vikings, like, are they going to buy into Kirk Cousins for the next handful of years? Um, <laughs> I know that, you know, the Dolphins still have Fitzpatrick and they have two outcomes, so I'm not going to go there. But uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Baker Mayfield even. Are, are they going to buy him with Baker Mayfield for years to come? Uh, they they could have had Carson Wentz. You know, they traded that pick, the Browns, that second overall pick. So would they want to have a possible uh, reunion, so to speak, from that draft board and put Carson in a Browns uniform? I don't know. But I think there will be interest. I don't think it's going to be as hard as you may yeah. think to trade them. 
Now, you mentioned the Dolphins, and all we can do at this point is wish, and I wish our scenario was the same as the Dolphins. I wish Carson Wentz was playing great. And obviously it's different scenarios. Uh, Fitzpatrick's uh, 36, 37 years old, um, and he's just been on it like half a quarter of the teams <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. And he's just perfect for Tua having an injury um, to come in, sit on the bench. He's asking great questions. They mentioned Thursday Night Football. He's really just trying to learn. He doesn't care about being on that field right now because he suffered an injury that if you go right – if they put him in this game in the NFL and he gets hurt, he's most likely going to get injured again. And yeah. that, that's just – I think Tua – has the most successful future painted for him right now in the NFL by just sitting out this whole season, uh, especially how things are going now with yeah. the virus and everything. Yeah, everything's yeah. up in the air. But this team's building. You've seen the Dolphins, what they did in the draft, what they did in the offseason. This is just going to be a great opportunity for Tua, and I think what? Tua is going to be a player that we're going to be talking about four years to come. I, I like that point. I like that point because here's the thing. Uh, I like what you said about Tua having to sit there and, and wanting to learn, uh, not just having to, but wanting to learn. And I think Hurts has to be in that same position. That's part of the reason why I don't just want to throw him out there to the Wolves. You understand what I'm saying to you? Talent. We don't have much talent in the offense at all, really. Do you really want to throw him out there uh, almost like in a Tua situation? Do you really want to throw Tua out there and behind that Miami Dolphins O-line and get you know beaten and battered? Probably not. So, um but I'm gonna oh, tell you this. On one hand, I want to see Hertz play. On the other hand, is it smart to maybe wait until next season? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. But I'm gonna tell you this but, though, Max, real quick. It's 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 one thing to learn about the game from the sideline. It's a whole another thing to learn the game by playing the game itself. So you're saying go with Hertz. If if we struggle, uh, especially if we, I'm not even gonna say if we struggle. If we lose this game, I would consider uh, and Wentz plays poorly. I consider starting Hertz in San Fran. To be honest with you. I mean, what do you, what else do you have Boy, to lose? What else do you honestly I have know, to lose? And I know I understand that, but the problem with this is if we lose to Cincinnati, Tanner already brought up you have San Fran, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Either one of the quarterbacks that we start, we're probably going to lose. I just want to see is is Hurts capable in this league? I think he's got a skill set that Carson doesn't have, and I want to see if his rushing yeah. ability plays a role. Because look, I mentioned this on the on the show last week. Wentz has lost his legs, and that's one thing that Hurts can bring to the table, especially because I said this before we don't have that goal line big time uh, physical back, and Hurts could be that kind of Cam Newton role, like I mentioned. Yeah, and Max, you, you mentioned putting Hurts in against the Niners. That's not as crazy as some people might think when they hear that because this is a 49, 49ers defense without Bosa. Yep. So it's not as risky putting him in now. Right. It's This is a, Sherman, this is a battered Sherman. 49ers team right now. Yeah, exactly. And also on offense, they don't have uh, Garoppolo. That George Kittle. Monster, Kittle, I think, Kittle was injured out. too. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be maybe the most – uh, looking at their schedule, I don't have it up front right now. I don't have it memorized, but that might be the most ideal game. Maybe you wouldn't want to start him in a division game, I don't think. Well, I mean, but, if you want to throw him out there against the Giants, maybe. I mean, uh, look, yeah. I'm not, not to jump ahead to conclusions here, but I, I'm picking the Bengals to win this weekend. Wow. I'm picking the Bengals to win this weekend. I just feel like our defense is what's I hear you. more disappointing than our offense, in all honesty. Um, I mean, look, we were down 21-3 in that game early, like off the bat to, to the Rams. Wentz, it's stupid. Of, he brought us to within a touchdown with 21-16. 
and, uh, you know, has a chance to go down there and take the lead, but he throws that bad pick to Arcega Whiteside. So the possibility of the offense to improve is there. But listen, we can't oh, get a pass terrible. rush, period. Brandon Graham is done. He's shot. I knew when we signed him to that big contract, it was a bad idea. Look, three-year contract for a guy who's past his prime is never good. And Derek Barnett, who we were saying that he, this is the year for Derek Barnett. He has to show – I want winners. Being in this league, he hasn't shown it. So – uh, Fletcher Cox is banged up. He's injured. Uh, Malik Jackson's been a, a, a pleasant surprise. I'm glad that he's back. He's healthy. He's uh, at least made some a few plays in the first couple of weeks. And then you have Darius Slay, but the rest of the guys back there are either inexperienced or just lacks talent. You know, so um, yeah. that's what I'm I'm struggling with right now. That's why I think Cincinnati rolls, honestly. And I'm not. No, I'm not I just want to add a statement. few things. Go ahead, Tanner. Before we uh, switch over to a different topic, um, I, I, I'm going to have to go on the opposite side of you. I think this Eagles team wins, but it's close. It, it's going to be a close game, and it shouldn't be a close game. Um, mm-hmm. Albeit Carson lost another weapon at wide receiver with Rager. And we go into injuries. Um, just, to, just to put this in here, I'll go over the injuries that uh, was suffered in week two throughout the league. You got Saquon Barkley out for the season, um, Sterling Shepard of the Giants. Uh, we mentioned the 49ers with Garoppolo, Bosa. They had Solomon Thomas on their defensive line, uh, Mostert. And then the Broncos with Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton was uh, ruled out too. All these players, Anthony Barr um, and Byron Jones, just uh, key players for most teams out. And it just shows you that it, the Eagles aren't the only team with injury excuses, but still some people consider injuries as an excuse for why this team is performing this way. And it's no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse for it. Once again, like I said before, um, somebody had brought up that, oh, well, you know, maybe the the COVID-19 and the way they had to change practices, you know, maybe that's a factor. That's not a factor either because the Chiefs look like a well-lower machine and they're 2-0. The Baltimore Ravens, they look, unstoppable and they're two and oh all right even the cardinals the cardinals look good so there's no excuses as to why this eagles team looks the way they look i don't want to hear Amazing no what excuses. deandre hopkins can do huh it, man man the difference that he makes and then just a little bit of improvement that i'm seeing all right from that young quarterback out there man look Kyler Murray's been really impressive. His legs, man, his legs have been uh, the bright spot. We know he can run, but I think the thing that you bring up there, it's a good point, is his decision-making on when to run. Mm -hmm. You know, he's still getting that ball out quick. He's got to improve the O-line. The running game has been out there in Arizona has been a little lackluster. I'm not a huge fan of Kenyon Drake, but uh, no, I agree with you. And Tanner brings up another point. That's a team where you check off that box in the the offseason as far as an Eagles victory versus the the Cardinals, I'm, I'm saying, but now how you look at it as, wow, it's a tough game and a game where you probably would be surprised if we could pull that off. Man, I, any other any game they can pull off would be a shock at this point. Are you picking Are you picking the birds this weekend, too, or you got the Bengals? I'm damn near ready to give up hope. And you know what? I'm, I've been leaning towards Cincinnati this entire this entire week. I'm not even going front. And why I think I Cincinnati uh, is, is, is a five-point or five-point underdog. I think the Eagles are a five-point favorite, a three-point favorite. Uh, I, I just feel yes. like the way we're playing right now, the, the turmoil that I think is not being shown to the public as much as we think. I think there's big-time problems going on inside that locker room behind closed doors with uh, Howie, Doug, the ownership there. I think 
Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I think there's some friction. And uh, Carson, I just think he's struggling mentally right now. And I think Burrow, listen, they had a legit shot to beat the Browns. A- and uh, they could easily be 2-0 because week one you saw them play the Chargers and uh, they, they missed that field goal for a game winner. Or was that the tie and send an OT? Uh, I, yeah, I think that's what it was. I think it was a tie and send an OT. Mm-hmm. But uh, Burrow and Boyd and uh, Joe Mixon, uh, A.J. Green, like Tanner mentioned. There's, it's there's stupid. Weapons. And there's also an improved defense. It's it's absolutely – it's man, it, it, it's sad at this point. It, it truly is. Um, I'm yeah. like I'm not I'm not pissed. That's the reason why I'm not ranting. You I'm think not, our expectations were too high coming into the year? Obviously they were. Obviously they were. We did not see the underlying issues. Um, we put on our green sunglasses and said, "Hey, hey, we're going to do it." Carson Wentz is healthy. He looks good. Da 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 da. This defense has improved. Well, listen, Tanner, you took Washington week one. You were right about that. Uh, I was wrong about it. Uh, this week I'm taking Cincinnati, taking Philly. So if trends continue here, uh, the birds should hopefully possibly get out of here with the win. Have, they have to. There's it's no an outrage. If, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, he hears the noise right now, and he's going to do everything he can to to fix what he's been doing these past two games. But he can't about let the ground game though. We got we really have to pound the rock with Sanders, don't you think? He got twenty carries last week. Twenty carries, ninety five yeah. yards on the ground, over hundred thirty yards total for the game. Yes. Put that ball of Miles Sanders hands dog on it. Jeez. Can you trust Miles Sanders though throughout I, the season T? That's the only consistent production I'm really gonna get. Because I I can't trust my receivers because my quarterback can't get the ball to my receivers. So I how many I, carries are you giving him though? Because I, again, to, like I mentioned on the show before, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of him being a three down running back. Are you are you willing to put the ball in his hands twenty five, maybe even close to thirty times? I am, I am, because I need production on my offensive side of the ball. I need some sort of consistency. So long as I have that run game, that consistency, then everything else should should fall into place. The reason why I say this is because I don't know if you guys noticed, but for the past couple of weeks, the Eagles have been running a lot of play-action passes. Those play-action passes only truly work when the defense respects the run game. The defense doesn't respect the run game. The play-action passes don't work. So this offense needs the run game in order for it to be operational. It I just wish we had another, another uh, like a power back, like, now a, like that a I agree with. or somebody. I agree. We need, a, it... we need a power back. Yeah. What about if we got Freeman? How how do you think this offense uh, would change? Unfortunately, Simon. not huge. Uh, he uh, not a huge stuck stand. right out. But again, listen, uh, I don't think he's gonna do well in there in New York. You know how bad if Saquon Barkley couldn't survive behind that O line, what makes you think Devontae Freeman will? Yeah. Well, say well, he definitely ain't Saquon Barkley. Could say that right now. Ain't a whole yeah. lot of dudes that Saquon Barkley. Let's be honest here. But uh, man, I don't think he's really gonna. F- Fair that good because now he's going to be asked to be the feature back up there in New York. Devontae Freeman, I don't think he had he got it like that anymore to be the feature back. He doesn't, so I don't think that's going to be a good mix. I know why he went up there is because he knows he's going to get more touches. We're down here, Philadelphia. Um, he's going to be backing up Miles Sanders. He's not going to get as many touches. So I understand, I've but I've never seen a team T that's fallen off like the Birds have. I mean, I'm trying to think of past Super Bowl contenders you look at the falcons a few years ago yeah they struggled the last couple of seasons but they their still offense the has always been solid you never have any issues with talking about their offense they have matt ryan uh they always had julio jones and calvin ridley now is a standout star but 
they always could put up points. Their defense has just been a problem. I feel like with the birds, we're talking about both sides of the ball just collapse, uh, whether it be injuries, whether it be uh, retirements like Chris Long, for example, whether it be uh, just bad play. And it's uh, something that all of us predicted. Sidney Jones is gone. Like, like it's just a whole list of issues. And it's something that all of us have predicted. We eventually, we predicted pretty much that this was going to happen. You, y'all know how I feel about Jim Schwartz. Y'all know I don't like that Swiss cheese of a defense. Okay. Doug Peterson's uh, play calling has no kind of creativity to it, none whatsoever. And for some reason or another, just Carson does what he wants to do in his offense. Unlike Nick Foles, and I hate bringing that up, but it's the doggone truth. At this point, we kind of we kind of seen the writing on the wall. We just didn't want to see it. Uh, I understand it. Listen, I understand it. Uh, real quick, before we move on here, does anybody have any uh, further points here on the birds? I, I mean, listen, Cincinnati. Uh, this game is a toss-up. If you're if you're just a general sports fan, this is not a game you're uh, massively excited for. I know that, um, but 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 I think we can roll on here and talk and talk Bills real fast. Um, I know that uh, this season has just been a major headache. Um, I know that the Eagles are headed towards a possible major headache of a season too. But uh, we have what three games here with uh, the AL East champion uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Bunch of low life. Great bullpen, great pitching staff, uh, super talented up and down the roster, and uh, n- no prime time, big time names that you might uh, think about when you you think of baseball and the majors. But um, they're well rounded, and that's going to be a tough series this weekend. Um, do you guys? I guess this, this simple question will or simple question will just be: uh, Are the Phillies going to make the playoffs? Ooh, no. Well, I'm hoping it's a loaded question. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's pretty uh, straightforward. I'm to you. I think they, I think they can make the playoffs well, still, yeah, and can. I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth talking about the Phillies <laughs> in the playoffs. After this uh, show this is, is over, different seating. Hey Tanner, after the show is over, wash your mouth out with soap. Okay, that's ridiculous. You kiss your mother with that mouth? Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, Max, you mentioned it. This is an AL champion raise, and they've already clinched. Um, they, they're not really playing for anything. Right. Uh, so you mentioned a lack of stars, but they're going to sit those guys. I think they'll, they'll sit those guys and that's going to give the Phillies a better chance. You got, you still have to have, I believe the Cincinnati Reds, uh, the Giants and the Marlins lose, right. uh, to better, your, to better our chances, but it all starts, I believe the game's, uh, underway right now it starts right. with Velasquez on the mound. Then you got Wheeler and then Aaron Nola. Those guys have to stay in the game as long as possible to keep MLB's worst bullpen out of the game uh, as much yep. as possible. They can't let, they can't let those guys come in because it's it's terrible when they come in. It's awful baseball. And that's can, – can a team even get farther than the first round with a bullpen that bad? No. <laughs> no. Um, not no, you're right. But here's the Unless, thing: if you get in, yeah. if you get in, then then you're in. Anything can happen. It's just like hockey. You get a hot goaltender, right. uh, that can take you to the Stanley Cup. So if we get in three game series, uh, I would assume Eflin would start. I'm not getting in my head of myself here, but Eflin would start game one, possibly. Uh, he's been great the last few times out. But I'm gonna have to agree with T here and just say, I don't think this is gonna happen. It's, it, I just no. We've been punched in the gut too many times this year. Just in uh, my misery. I don't want to get punched <laughs> again in the gut. T. I don't want this to be Sunday afternoon. Oh. Uh, I have to stop watching the football to turn on the fills and start praying that we can get a W. <laughs> you know, I just don't want to do it's it. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, Max. 
You think they're going? Uh, they don't even need to win. They don't even need to win these three. All these we got three. our they ass win these two games and still get in the playoffs. Right. Um, Again, but look, like you mentioned, you're talking playoffs, about you're looking at the how bad our bullpen is now. We would have to pitch Nolan and Wheeler the last two games of the regular season. Yeah, how geez. would that work out in in the postseason? Uh, I know Eflin can probably go seven eight strong, but after that. Are you really going to rock like uh, what Spencer Howard, a rookie in game don't, two? Don't say their names. Don't, <laughs> don't even bother saying their it's names. Crazy. It's just going to make you cringe. This bullpen is awful, and the spare parts we have are awful. But uh, I still think the Phillies are going to end their nine-year playoff drought. Mm, really? Gonna, I wish I had that go there. Yeah, I, man. I think what they're going to go there. No, you know why I say this? Because we don't want them to go there. Right. right, they always do the opposite—the opposite. opposite of what we want. Yeah. It's just—it's just what happens. It's just who these Phillies are. You expect them to win a series, they get swept by the Marlins, and that's—that's that's their problem. It's because of the way that they've played against this Marlins team earlier in the season and continuing throughout the season that they're in the place they are right now. And we thought, wow, how could you get swept by a team like the Marlins? And then they're—they're they're a half a game ahead of it's us. Ridiculous. I yep. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, half a game. They they did win last night, so they might actually be a full game ahead of us now going into tonight. Um, but when I sit back and look at this season, where if we don't get in, where things go wrong, obviously you start with the bullpen. But that sweep against the Orioles way back when, man, that really killed us. I mean, that was a big time blow. And you also look at that debacle in Buffalo, uh, where we had that seven run, six run lead, and oh man. Like, like th- those games are going to haunt you through the offseason if this doesn't work out. That Gene Segura um, letting that pop fly to the pitcher's mound just oh. drop right there on the ground, that, that'll haunt me until the next season to come. Um, it's a bunch of low life. Terribly painful um, things to happen to this team. And what even makes it worse is we're fighting for a playoff spot against the San Francisco Giants, whose head coach is Gabe Kapler. That's oh. just, that just really adds to the book of embarrassments and tragedies to this Phillies team this season. That would be something if the Gabe Kapler-led Giants got in, but our Joe Girardi-led Fightins didn't get in. That would be something, man. Do you think That is blasphemous! Do you guys think he's gone? GM. Another GM we want to discuss on the hot seat in Philadelphia. Is he going after this season? Well, first of all... Now listen, I will say this before we dive into this here, T. Uh, Him and John Middleton don't have as close of a relationship as Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. First off, Clintag um, already went on record of saying that this team already has enough pitches, I mean pitchers, to get the job done. Um, I, I recently talked about that article in a recent episode. Um, what? No. <laughs> we still have the worst statistical ball pin in the MLB. Are you bleeping kidding me? Get out. Get out. Yeah, you he, don't he's deserve. He's not watching the games, T. No, he's he not. doesn't watch the games. Nor is he reading the stats. Are you kidding me right yep. now? The simple fact that he said that one of the most blasphemous things I think I will ever hear out of a general manager for as long as I live is the fact that you think there's enough pitchers on this team to get the job done and that they have enough talent. Are you kidding me, man? This is some bullshit. Please. Well, I got some bad news for you guys. Uh, Vince Velasquez just walked in a run because he hit the batter. So it's one nothing race. <laughs> Oh, man, uh, that's irritating. And I think we're only in the, uh, what is that, the first or second inning here. Bases are still loaded. So, uh, well, fellas, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be an interesting three days here in Philadelphia. I am pissed uh, off. 
I do want to mention this real fast. I, I think we're, I wouldn't say we're missing them greatly, but a, a, he was just starting to heat up and that's Reese Hoskins uh, right in the top of that lineup. Um, and he, we're missing him. I feel like, man, I think he was a big part of the, of the team, especially in our recent stretch and to not have his bat in the lineup. It's been tough. I know. And, and Jay Bruce playing first base, that was just an embarrassment. He he's, he shot, man. I love the guy, but he, after this season's over, I'm just going to have to let him go. Um, and he's, he's not going to come back in a full uniform and he can't, he can't really do anything, uh, except DH and who knows, maybe the DH will be back in the future. So, right. Uh, Who's we'll on the top of your list, uh, for players gone this off season. Who do you want going? Tay, you, or Tay, you want to take that first? Hector Neris. Get, get, <laughs> get out, get out. All right. Talking, I'm <laughs> talking up. about get players <laughs> that actually, do something in the game that if you trade them, it could change this team in a good way. Hector Neris, um, no, I'm joking. You can't I don't think Neris is going to – I don't think anyone wants him. No, nobody. I think no. I'm looking more <laughs> yeah. of trades and what player are you just not satisfied with that you're willing to get rid of this offseason? Um, well, listen, we talked hey, about go, this. Go ahead. Go, go. I want you to go through a few guys where it's like uh, try to try to really dive deep into this one because I'll tell you right now. There's just a name the names. whole team, T. <laughs> There's a few names out there is my point here, Tanner, that you could easily point to. There's one guy yeah. um, at the top of my list that we talked about um, when the season first started and he had his struggles, and I think that we should have traded him last season, and that's Reese Hoskins. All right? It, listen, you got to get you got to wow. improve your pitching, man. I'm surprised. You, you got enough batters. Improve your pitching. That's all if I'm I, If you had to say if, – if I had to pick one right now just based on the recency bias here, it would be Brandon Workman. I mean, this dude came in – he was supposed to be a closer. He was great last year for the Red Sox. He comes in here and he's blowing saves left and right. He um, pisses me I off. Just, I, I feel like McCutcheon, uh, his veteran leadership, and his his production has still been okay. Andrew it's not what you want to see. You want to see more. But he's been decent there in left field um, and, and at the top of the lineup. And then Roman Quinn at least brings something to the table. That's another name. He brings that speed threat and that good center field uh, defense. Harper's not going anywhere. I want to re-sign JT. I don't think Hoskins is Scotty going. Scotty Jetpacks. I think Scotty could go, definitely. That's a good point. I think Bohm is here to stay at third base for the full yeah, future. I, agree. I think Segura and yeah. Gregorius. I would love to see Gregorius back. I know he's only on a one-year contract. But, yeah, no, I agree with you, Tanner. I think Kingry, uh, you want to talk about a disappointment. He was supposed to be our everyday second baseman. I mean, we're lucky Bohm came up. You know, we weren't talking about this in the offseason. Yeah, we weren't saying true. Bohm was going to be here. We were thinking Scotty every day at second. Segura at third. No, and Scotty, it's true. He he's just a utility guy, and it's showing. Um, he can't play every game. Obviously, is that uh, the guy you would pick? Shame. Yeah, yeah. I, but that's that's too easy of a player. You know what I mean? I, I like when you Andrew mentioned Knapp. Mick. Oh man, I, who's who's gonna want Andrew Knapp? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The little well, league teams don't even want him coaching the team. <laughs> they they don't want him anywhere near those kids. Yeah, that's ludicrous. <laughs> Listen, he's he's been decent this year. Let's just say that. <laughs> you know, he'll never be on the picture player that's on our ridiculous. Instagram. That's all I'm saying. He'll never be featured. He never. He never. I don't care. I don't care if he hits a walk off grand slam. He's not going on the Instagram. Page. He doesn't. What's he here it? for? <laughs> no. No, too many ducks left on the pond in his career to be on there. Agreed. Agreed, definitely. All right, oh, fellas, let's man. let's rock some NBA talk here. The playoffs have been pretty cool. I know we've been busy, guys. So we yes. haven't seen every single game, but 
Um, it would be interesting to see LeBron match up again with the Heat, his former team. I think that's what but it's looking like it's going towards. Do you think that's what's going to happen to you? Yeah, honestly, I think that's what it's going towards. Man, the Miami Heat has been a real pleasant surprise, man. They play together, man. They play with art. You know, all their pieces, you know, they work together. They're cohesive. Oh, man, I this, that would be an interesting matchup. And I think the Heat would honestly give the Lakers a run for their money, man. I do. Because you got, you got Bam and Abayo in the post. And you know he can he can easily go up against Anthony Davis. Jimmy Butler has no problem going up against LeBron. I think it'll be an interesting. What about matchup. Tyler Hero? T. What about Tyler? Um, He's a good shooter, man. Yeah, he is a very good shooter, very accurate <laughs> shooter from the perimeter, man. See, let's give some credit though to Jamal Murray, right? I will say this, man. Jamal Murray, man, he has come alive in these playoffs. Like I, I, I think I mentioned this before, man, but. His series against Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz and them going back and forth, man, that was some entertainment football, man. If you're a game, if you're a fan of the game, those are the kind of series you love to watch, man. That back and forth, man, two scores going up against each other, man. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Tanner, what are we thinking here? Are you agreeing with uh, the Heat Lakers rematch? Have you liked what you've seen from uh, from LeBron? I know. He's getting up there, but you know, it just he's just keeps chugging along, man. First off, I want to say how impressive Murray's was uh, last night against um, against LeBron and how he played. And that one that one play, I don't was it the fourth quarter when he had that layup against um, LeBron? That was just impressive. And I, this could be right where the Nuggets want the Lakers. They like being down three one. Um, they like that storyline, but this is. It, Let's be honest. Lakers are going to the finals. Yeah, uh, they're going to meet the Heat there after the Heat take care of business um, against Boston, and this will be the Heat's first finals appearance since LeBron James took them there in 2014. So the storyline's perfect. Now, stemming from this, uh, does Jimmy Butler's success with the Miami Heat sort is that painful for you guys to watch? Considering how yes. he left our Sixers, yeah. Wow, you're a sore loser, Max. I say no, no, yeah. no, because really? no, because at the end of the day, Brett Brown got fired. Okay, and it was Brett Brown that didn't want Brett, uh, that didn't want uh, Jimmy Butler back. So, exactly. let me just say this: that's why quick. it's painful. Let me say this: I saw a press conference the other day uh, that that happened a few years back, and it was Jimmy Butler asking Landry Shamit questions because nobody wanted to ask Landry Shamit a question. Those wow. are two studs. Those <laughs> wow. are two studs that used to be sitting there in a Sixer uni, and now they are gone. That is blasphemous! And let me tell you something else. We've heard – I want to dive into this real quick. We heard a rumor where D'Antoni could become the head, head coach here and then Lord James Harden. Uh, well, if that were to happen, we're going to have to give up either one Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. And I've been on this show recently and said that I don't want to see Joel Embiid back in a six-year uniform if we're going to have to get rid of one of them. I think Ben Simmons is – I think Ben Simmons, his ability – Dan, Tanner, you The man just had a baby, Max. The man just had a baby. You and you're going to disrespect him like that. I'm not going to disrespect him. I'm not, there's no there, – the word disrespect did not come out of my mouth. All right? We're picking between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Now, listen. I give Embiid credit. Look, he didn't have any any help in the playoffs. I get that. But when you talk about reliable, um, uh, like, overall skill set, right? I know Simmons. I know he's gotten hurt. He had a foot injury a few years ago, and he, he doesn't make the playoffs this year with the injury in the bubble. But uh, do you guys agree here? Do you think that if, if, if this crazy rumor comes true, 
Uh, is Simmons out of here or is Embiid gone? All I got to say is this, man. Well, first and foremost, man, I now I can understand why Joel Embiid had back problems because he recently just had a, a baby exactly boy. Right. Exactly right. Back. Backs up my Thank point. You, Backs up my point. <laughs> That's all years. I'm saying. But anyway, so back to the business, a matter at hand. Um, I'm still going to stand firm in my decision and say that Ben Simmons, you can go until you wow. get a chump shot. Tanner, until you get a Tanner, come shot. on. Where are you at? Oh, no, no, come on, T. You can't see Joel Embiid and James Harden gelling on the same offense. It just doesn't work. Yeah, but I don't Plus, see Ben Simmons Anthony wanted jump to play shot. small ball. He wanted to play small ball. He literally traded his center, Clint Capella, to the Hawks. Yeah. The small guys. The difference is I don't see Ben Simmons' jump shot. And until I see Ben Simmons' jump shot, I don't care about Ben Simmons. All right? He's a good driver. Oh, He's a good facilitator right of the offense. All right? I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. There's no question about it top 10 talent in the NBA when it comes to those things. However, the offense is limited when your point guard doesn't have a damn jump shot. All right. Here's so a good question. That oh, was, go ahead, go ahead. that was just the wrong question to ask this guy. He has wanted Ben Simmons out of the facilities since two seasons ago. What? He's just been a hater for Ben Simmons. You can't ask him a question like that. You know the answer. Uh, now let, let me guys, you let piece me of Swiss cheese question out there. I want to throw this out there now. This is why we have shows, so we can think of different scenarios and fun things to talk about. And I want to mention this question to you guys. If we could get James Harden in a deal with Houston and get Chris Paul in a deal with OKC and get rid of both Joel and Ben, say we don't just get these two players. It's not player for player. We could get some role guys who actually help us off the bench, maybe some high draft picks, and maybe we win a chip. I'm not saying this is going to be a long-term thing because we're both getting older. But you would have a playmaking point guard, maybe one of the best ever in Chris Paul. You would have the best scorer in the game in James Harden. It's and maybe you get some solid role players out there as well. You still have Matisse Steibel, who's up and coming, solid defense or defender. What do you guys think about that possible deal and uh, reunite D'Antoni with Harden and uh, CP3? Well, I'm good. For one, are you freezing time? Yeah. Chris Paul's exactly. 35 years old. Exactly. Listen, all right, all right. How about this? How about this? Would you do these deals if we could just win a title? If, if it was guaranteed that we win a title? And it's only going to be one title. Well, uh, yeah. Okay, we win one title, but then uh, what happens after the title? Yeah. Now you got to rebuild all over again. Now we got to go through the damn process all over again. No. No. Listen, we all know Embiid and Simmers are all, like, like they, don't, they don't coexist well, man. They do not coexist well. And we sit here, and as Sixer fans, we talk about this topic uh, for the last two years. But I don't. I think we can all agree that in order to win a championship, both of these guys are not going to be on this team, especially if we're bringing in a new coach. I hear you. I mean, if we bring in D'Antoni, you really think that D'Antoni's going to keep Embiid and Simmons and not try to trade one or the other? I can't see this a... question hurts. Yeah, it does. He's a, he's a three-point guy, hurts. man. He's And I like it, though, because – uh, that's kind of where the NBA is shifting. But that's my, but that's exactly line. but that exactly plays into my point. If Dan Tony is a three point guy, Embiid will shoot the three. Does he shoot it accurately? No, but he's willing to shoot the three. Ben Simmons, on the other hand, is a driver. But how? Okay, I see your point there. But again, the 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 offense when you have Dan Tony's offense has to be quick. It does. You want to get out and run. It does. Embiid's slow. Very true. So that's another issue we're throwing. I kind of really wanted Billy Donovan. I thought he would be a good yeah, fit. I, agree. I don't know. I, I think he t- really turned around the OKC franchise, but I don't know. I think uh, Mike D'Antoni is a very good coach. He has a really good pedigree, uh, a lot of success there in Houston. 
yeah. even before that, though, he I believe he coached Steve Nash and uh, Mari Stoudemire with Phoenix uh, way back when. He did. Uh, but at pick and roll, I man. Th- I think if you can get D'Antoni in here, he's going to want to make some changes. Um, I'm not opposed to it because, you know me, I'm a big picture guy. I don't want to just keep getting bumped in the first round and be good. I want to mesh. Uh, I want to have, I a, want I want winners. To have a team that's going to be able to compete for an NBA championship. T, I, I got to call you out, man. How how does this not how is this not painful to you to see Jimmy Butler playing the way he is on another team, and then for Max to say that in order for us to win a championship, we can't have both Embiid and Simmons? When a few years ago we had all three of those players that I just mentioned on this team, and the reason that they were split up is because of Brett Brown. Exactly. I, it pains me. It, it does. I'm not going to lie and say it does. Okay. It, it, it pains me. However. The Sixers are getting to just do for putting their faith in a guy who didn't show any kind of consistency or didn't push this team to the heights that we thought that they should have been. Let me so just this, say this. This is on the franchise. J.J. Redick was a huge, huge loss. It was. I don't think we realized that. I mean, the reason Ben was so good that year was because, you know, he would – and B would set screens, Redick would run off of them, and, and Simmons would be able to facilitate and get Redick the ball. And – you know, we really didn't have that shooting guard this year. Uh, we we have Simmons, and if he's going to play the point guard position, uh, J.J. Redick was able to really knock down that three ball. We didn't have the, anybody to do that this year. And I think uh, part of the – I mean, yeah, Simmons will get his stats uh, close to a triple-double every night, but um, J.J. Redick not being here was big. It's an outrage. Over the past few years, we've had the team in different seasons – to win a championship, as you mentioned, J.J. Redick was a, a great – he's one of the best yes, shooters. Yeah. Um, before that, you have Rocco, who was an important part to the Rockets uh, team. Yeah. And then before that, you have Marco Bellinelli, who was a great pickup, and he's successful around the league too. And those guys, you, you put them all on one, obviously, in a great scenario. You have those guys all on the bench. You have yeah. Landry Shamit. We kept Landry Shamit instead of another player then this team is just perfect uh, personally. That's, But you change out the coach and the problems seem to go away. Josh Richardson, that's just not a good enough shooter yeah. to be like those guys not- were, like Bellinelli and Redick. He's, they're just, he's just not a good enough shooter, and that's the issue that we're facing right now. And uh, I don't know. I know that we're all Eagles and we're all Phillies right now with playoffs coming up for them possibly and the birds in full swing, but – uh, don't let those Sixers fly under the radar because they're going to get a coach soon. And, and uh, you know, once these finals are over, the draft's coming up, and I'm sure we'll be discussing that uh, in the future. But for now, T, uh, let's shut it down. All right, everybody. If you missed any of this episode, you can always go to philly-experience.simplecast.com. Available on all major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, the entire Shabazz. Hey, Max and Tanner, they got a segment that comes out every Sunday. After the Eagles game, all right? Inside the bird's nest. Check it out on the Instagram. Hey, and I just started a series, all right, called Gridiron Film. All right? Check it out on the Instagram as well. It's going to be uploaded to YouTube and all our social media as well. So That's at the Philly Experience Podcast yep. on Instagram. Yep. All right, so there's no reason why you should be missing content. There's no reason why you should be sharing. You shouldn't be sharing this content either. All right? Agreed. Get on it. We making change. We making moves out here. I like, it, I like the energy you bring in tonight. Dog I like on right. You Hopefully the Eagles right. bring that same energy this weekend mm-hmm. and get a W. Yeah, that, now you're asking for a lot, sir. <laughs> you, you, you might be asking for too much. All right. We'll see, man. Next week, we'll, we'll possibly talk about a bird's win. All right. I hope so.
We I will do. be. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Is that like a wise-ass comment? Oh, good for you.